Hey everybody, Ashley here. It's just a quick note to say that this episode, episode 81, is actually the second part of a full interview which started on episode 80. So if you haven't yet listened to episode 80, make sure you go check that out before continuing on with this because it might not make that much sense out of context. But either way, have a great day and thank you for checking in. Bye. And, oh yeah, um, if you have listened to the first part, Here's the second part. Enjoy episode 81. Thanks, guys. Bye. Um, so how has um, the current pandemic and the closing of theatres um, affected your job at the moment? Um, so you know, after Kinky Roots um, ended, um, it w- I mean Kinky Roots was such a, a massive undertaking. Um, I I decided to you know take some time to, to focus a bit more on on voiceover and focus a bit more on like you know photography because I'm you know part time um, what do you call it uh, uh, semi professional photographer in my spare time. Photographer. <laughs> oh. um, but I um, <laughs> yeah I just when everything closed down and I saw, you know, friends of mine on shows who were, you know, in the middle of like in the middle of the week or, you know, in, in the middle of a tour or touring in different countries. Um, you know, a friend of mine who was in Abu Dhabi doing a performance as well. And then all of a sudden, you know, this virus took hold of the world and people were having to either make their way back or, you know, having to stop filming. I mean, filming as well, where you're, you're working, on a character and you, you build that character and then you know you've you filmed half the film and now you, you've i don't know you've got to stop and you've got to go elsewhere etc such a yeah it dealt such a massive blow but then also like you know the, the construct of social distancing does not and the you know not being able to have mass gatherings as a matter of you know absolute um protection for all of us is it dealt such a massive blow and it's dealing currently a massive blow to the, you know, performance industries. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I went about um, securing a microphone so I could do more voiceover work from home. So I didn't need to travel anywhere. Um, and that's what I've been mostly focusing on. But I know that some people, you know, some people don't have the disposable capital to be able to do such a thing. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been, in, it's been really difficult for, for people within my industry who, have have had you know basically no very little to no help from the government um in terms of like you know shut it, even even initially when they went when they said about the shutting down of theaters and pubs and and clubs etc um you know at first it was suggested and we were like no it needs to be a categorical decision that that you know theaters pubs clubs etc are just are areas in which you can spread and contract the virus so 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 quickly um and then eventually it was said but it was kind of after the fact and then nothing was done and nothing has been done to make sure that these industries survive um uh, you know put in a in a post-pandemic landscape it's it's really been devastating because we have as someone who's on paye or you know, a regular work not self-employed the furlough scheme is there it's mm. been my experience has been, I believe, very positive. Um, I'm able to get regular income while not working and feel like I'm very, very supported by this scheme. Uh, do you have an mm. understanding of what support there was by the government or lack thereof? Because I remember that period 
where they said people shouldn't go to pubs and clubs and theatres. So people mm. weren't going, but never said to the theatres that you should close. Mm. So we put on performances for one or two people potentially. Do you know what I mean? Or none. Yeah. I want. Um, what support has there been? Um, so they, they've implemented the self-employment in, income support system, um, uh, in, income support scheme, sorry, um, which is to help, help self-employed people. Um, but it's only if you're, I think it's if your income has been up to or less than uh, £50,000 on average a year. Um, and obviously, like, in our industry, uh, as on average for the past three years as well, and in our industry, you know, things can vary. You might have one incredible year, um, but then you could have a year where you don't do very much. But if, you know, let's say your income was way over that threshold, and then, you know, for, for one of those three years, you had a really, really terrible year, and that happened to be just the previous year that's gone by, um, that means that then you're not eligible for that um, income support scheme. Similarly, um, I think for... Because um, there was another another um scheme that was set up um which ended up being something like 94 pounds a week that people could claim if they had less than um it was like Ooh. less than sixteen thousand pounds in their in their savings and so you know it, it was almost like so, so a lot of people within our industry um fall into the gap that the, both of those schemes um fill so on the surface it looks like things are being done um, so everyone goes, well, self-employed people, there's a whole scheme set up for you. Um, but actually, there were a lot of people, and I'm sure a lot of people actually in the self-employed bracket are, um, may well be being helped by it. And that is one, like, that's wonderful. But it, it, it almost felt like, well, look, we've done this now, and now we can leave this and put this to bed. But people have been screaming out, you know, for, for help. We're hearing about, you know, theatres, that may not be able to recover from this tours that aren't going to ever go out you know um that had planned to go out this year um we're hearing about venues that may be completely lost um because of the lack of help that is in that has been awarded to um our sector and like it, it's it's really in my opinion completely unfair to lump so many people together under the same bracket because within you know within self-employed um Within the self-employed bracket, you have you, you can go from you know anything between you know earning what uh, who knows earning earning who knows how many how many pounds, um, but like say you've got a, a hairdresser who has their own business and they're just one person, um, and they're running around doing you know doing their job. That is not directly comparable to somebody who say and this isn't me I'm talking about, but somebody who say has been a lead on the West End for God knows how long and only has that as their source of income. Um, and now they're saying that basically that there is nothing for them and they would have been earning quite a lot of money and now they've gone from that to you know i imagine they probably have savings or they have properties or etc that there's just it's just too general a rule to place on 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 such a such an like it's it's an mm. independent industry so you're a sole contractor like so so, so how does that how does that help? Is my, would be my question. Like how how have you helped by putting a massive blanket rule on so many individual scenarios and individual circumstances? How have you helped? So I take it you're against what the government have give, put in place then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm solidly on the fence. Yeah, actually, no. yeah, no, no, complete, completely, yeah. I just it's just a lack of a lack of care and a lack of um, a lack of foresight across the board from this government that I've. Um, 
really struggled with um especially you know i don't know being sat at home and not working in an industry that i love doing something that i love and having paid taxes you know there's a lot of um when the self-employed income support scheme was um was uh, sort of doled out um people were were sort of some people were really up in arms about it because they a lot of people it turns out see self-employed people as tax evaders um and i and i i couldn't i couldn't really understand it because every every year i go through my tax with my accountant and it is the worst experience of my life i like i i work so hard to make sure that i do pay tax back into um the government that i you know would hope at least looks out for you know people like myself in 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 my situation but now i've not been able to claim anything um at all from the government um me personally i can say um and so now i you know i just i just look at it and go well you know all all of that all of that all of this like sort of aggression towards self-employed people that i'm seeing on various forms of social media hashtag don't read the comments um you, you just sort of go wow like I, I don't know where this where this mentality has come from but yeah i i, I don't i don't think enough has been done and i i i'm, I'm not a big fan let's put it that way <laughs> That's completely fair, because Ash, you've been self-employed for, like, large portions of your career, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been very lucky, to be fair, over um, over, for, over the lockdown and everything. My The contract I got just before, just back in mid-January, they've um, extended the... They've just keep extending it. I'm, uh, I'm now in the same contract to the end of July, which is good. And I think it initially was supposed to end in June, so... Um, yeah, I, I've been quite lucky. I did take a reduced, like a reduced day rate to sort of for the longevity of the, um, the contract offered. So I, yeah, I've been very lucky. Um, but I know other people out there who work in my industry alone haven't been as lucky. And, um, if I, in fact, freelancers are always the first to go whenever something happens. And then obviously when you work in marketing as well, marketing is probably one of the departments that is first to get less funding as well so when you're a freelance marketeer it's you know in, in the advertising world it's sort of yeah companies are struggling to pay staff they're not going to be paying for marketing budgets so um yeah it caused a bit of panic and i know if i had of it's funny because at one point i was weighing up different jobs and i was like if i take this job you know it'll pay me better i think well, i don't know if you remember matt one time one job i was offered or for was going like we need you to start next week and we're going to fly you off to LA for three weeks. And I was like, mm, okay. But then they, they, some, <laughs> I didn't actually, my friend who works there, Alex, you might remember Alex from whenever we worked at Iris, but he is, he's like, I was like, Oh, can I come back to you at the weekend? And then they hired somebody on the Saturday cause they just needed somebody so quickly. Um, but then like, yeah, they went to LA for like a week and then came back. And then a week later they were made redundant because they, they couldn't afford to or risk keeping them on. So, I was very lucky not to take that very desirable job, but um, and keep the one I'm at, which is also very good in case my boss listens. <laughs> I do love my job. <laughs> I love your workplace. I love you. <laughs> Thank you for the money. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you able to get any work at this time then, Yoko? Um, so with setting up a home studio, um, yes, I've been able to work on um, a few projects actually, which has been really good. Um, I've been able to... so. Uh, I've been working on an animation at the minute, um, um, you know, going into, oh, for the first time, actually, I think tomorrow, for the first time since lockdown, I'll be able to go to a studio and have a completely self, you know, social distanced, sorry, 
um, studio session, um, which is, you know, which is really good. Um, so I'm like, I've, I've been able to, luckily I've been able to continue working and, you know, with the easement of the lockdown, meaning that you can go out and, you know, meet, uh, meet another individual from a household, you know, there's the, because the, I'm also doing photography on the side, there's the prospect of maybe being able to do um, some photography as well, which I haven't started just yet, because um, obviously, you know, it's best to be careful right now, because even, I don't even really agree with um, the easing of the lockdown in some cases, because of how um, we've been told, obviously, um, people from BAME um, backgrounds, do not like that term, but we'll use it for now, um, have been told that, you know, the virus affects them disproportionately, so all of these easings haven't come with any information on how to make sure that as somebody from that background you are more or less protected um and so yeah there has been a, a sort of tentative you know uh, are we able to meet up are we able to do this are we are we actually genuinely safe and you know you see the numbers go up and you think well if they're still going up then the answer i think is no personally myself um so you know meeting people outside um to do to do photos mm. or even maybe to do a vocal lesson or etc. Um, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody else wasn't comfortable. And I personally, you know, wouldn't be willing to. I would take every precaution if I were to do that. Um, you know, anti-backing and wearing a mask, etc. But um, yeah, there's a real, there's a, there's just a real, a real lack of sort of due diligence that seems to be being done by our government, whose priorities seem to be in different places. But to get back to the topic, sorry to be political. <laughs> um, to get back to the topic, um, <laughs> yes, I have been able to do some work. Um, and so, no, I'm not struggling, um, which is great. Like, uh, people who I've worked with before have been in contact and been like, you know, can we do this together? Can we sing this together? Can we, you know, do, are you free to record this? Do you have a microphone in your house? And the answer has been yes. And so, you know, we've been able to keep on working, you know, despite our you know our main source of income because obviously both of us myself and my partner work in theater so for both and but she's on the side that's paye so luckily she's been furloughed um so yeah so sh we've both been able to continue working mm. um but not within the industry that we know and love i mean that's excellently able to sort of be agile in a way because i i believe that theaters won't open there's no way they open this year for sure there will be no performances in that respect um, but it will take, it's just, it's even starting up these workplaces, like it's not going to be like, okay, now you can open a theatre show or a place of work and then the show's going to happen because you need to find the people, hire the people, make sure the spaces are there. So it's good that you're able to, to keep on working, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's sort of like, you know, like, like a lot of people have done, it's re-navigating and, you know, adjusting to the life, well, life in lockdown, basically, you know, for... For some people, like I know personal trainers as well, who've been doing Zoom sessions with their clients over, you know, people who work in gyms mm. who obviously don't have, like everybody is trying to find a way to navigate um, this this lockdown, this quarantine period that we're all that we're all in. So it is, yeah, no, you're, uh, a friend of mine once said to me, because um, once, like it was 7,000 years ago, a friend of mine said to me when we went into lockdown, um, I called her <laughs> up and I remember having a bit of a spiel because I was, you know, in a quite a quite a negative place, as I'm sure a lot of people can relate. Um, and she said, what an opportunity this is to to sort of rejig your your life to to find out what you are able to do in this situation. And I, you know, I remember thinking at the time, <laughs> I remember thinking at the time, I just want to be miserable. Um, <laughs> but I also remember thinking, 
you know, there, there are, for some people, right, this pandemic will pass um, and, uh, you know, they can go back to life as normal. But for some people in various countries around the world, there's all sorts of unrest and, you know, people being killed and God knows what. And that, that fear for our lives that a lot of people may be sort of feeling a proximity to right now, um, you know, at least hopefully when this is all over, that fear will abate. But for some people, they're going from fearing for their lives for one reason to feeling for the, fearing for their lives because of a pandemic and then straight back to fearing for their lives for other dangerous reasons so I, you know we are lucky mm. um in that regard yeah i mean i think there's we'll talk about it anyway and i guess it's not something we necessarily spoke about because i want to know what your take is on the current um black lives matters movement just in general and as a person of mm. color yourself um and I can only imagine, and even when you talked about your stories at the start, my, in my mind, it's always been like, okay, so you couldn't dance for hairspray. I wonder why that may have been, not to like make accusations, but it would be something that would cross my mind. Um, what, is your take? what is your take on what's happening in the world at the moment in terms of um, George Floyd and Black Lives Matter? Um, so so uh, just before I get into that, I'll just say about the, 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 the story I told earlier about the stage, that was all on me. I mean, I, I read the ad and I probably didn't read the fine print, let's be clear, um, because there was nobody else there <laughs> who had the same skin color as me. So I was like, OK, maybe maybe I just missed a memo. Um, but um, but that but, but just saying that there, there shouldn't be a reason why that they would need a, a, a white person to fill in those positions well, yeah, only no, as yeah, well, yeah. I think, is, is beyond just. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. I, I think. Um, in some cases in some cases on some shows especially where they're like racially driven um, as in the storyline is racially driven it is important to make sure that um, you know where the tension would be and the tension would be represented it's made you know clear in auditions that you know this is what we're looking for etc and there are some uh, you know some publications that I've read well, some some postings of jobs that I've read that have sort of tried to dance around it so they don't have to say anything that goes too close to being racially specific and then there are others that have just been like you know what I'm going to talk about mm. it but I've gone about it in the worst way possible I remember so many times across my career being asked to do a general African accent oh and this isn't something yeah exactly correct Africa is a continent I couldn't do a general English accent because there isn't one so to say a general African accent and Africa obviously not being a country by comparison you know to the to, to, to saying English like it's so it's such a ridiculous um request to have be made of you but it's just the way in which you know people have always have always said i'm like well, would you like and you know you, you have multiple african um, multiple africans multiple accents in one country in africa uh, anyway I, I could go on about that for a very long time um but in but even just as you say that sorry i think there's a i feel like there could be another pressure though as well which i think is on people is okay well they've asked me to do a general african accent can i can i bring that up and say it yeah absolutely. um do i do the performance like you know it's my livelihood i want them to see me as a good actor and I'm able to be willing to work but also you know I, th I think there'd be a lot in there you know do you do it does it uh, represent your own credibility or integrity should it because it's not your fault I don't know what it is there's a whole bunch of things around it for sure well no exactly it's exactly that like the, the the notion that if you say something about it um you could be seen as being the one who is problematic or the one who is you know talking back or you know, difficult like to work with a, a exactly yeah. rather than somebody who is just um who is compliant and gets on with it and just gives you you know what it is that you need um but then yeah to say a, to say a general i mean 
just their general African accent is it's just so there's something about it that is demonstrative of a, a lack of care as to the accuracy or of the plight of these characters you know different African accents can really mm. um, steer a conversation in in different directions and so you would just think that the people who are putting these you know submissions out are um, you know are mindful of, of why they want an African accent from which place but anyway um, uh, what, was, <laughs> what was your initial question Matt? What is your in light of, feeling about yeah. just the movement in the world at the moment? Yeah, I, so, so one of my um, obviously it, it, it's so so terrible to to see um, people well people dying across the world in general, but like to see that um, you know acts of police brutality in the states that have gone on for ages, and I think right now you know one of the main reasons why the the world has really woken up in in light of what's happened is because we are all at home and we can all see it. There's no going, this is too hard for me. I'm going to flip over to the next page. It's on every, <clears throat> it's on every page. It's on every, you know, social media feed. And I'm so glad for it because this is something that it, it cannot, it cannot be allowed to continue. Um, one of the ways, by, one of the things that I remember putting on my Instagram story was um, at the time, because I, I found myself in such a place where I was like, there's so much to say. There is so much to say about what is is happening and how often it happens and the microaggressions that people you know endure on a daily basis and the things that people sort of smile and carry on um, you know after being called certain names or after being treated a certain way or being followed through a store because of suspicion and you know I'm like there's so much to say but the the one of the ways in which um, one of the ways in which racism has been able to pervade our society in such a way that we don't notice um people being killed being treated um being treated as lesser etc is that you know for the for the most part the, ma the majority because you know minorities are minorities are for a reason the majority aren't faced with this in their daily life so they don't they're just not aware one of my one of my closest friends at the moment turned to me the other day and said i just did not realize that any of this was a thing and you know I, I, when i was on tour i remember going to so me and rose went to montenegro we're coming back from montenegro and i had to fly from london the same day to dublin so that we could start our performances um there on the monday i think it was the tuesday actually let's be clear um and um, I got stopped in the airport for taking a selfie to let Rose know that I had arrived at the airport um, because we only had two hours between my flights. Um, I got stopped at the airport and taken aside because they thought me taking a picture of myself was me doing, um, uh, what did they call it? They called it reconnaissance surveillance. So taking pictures of mm. all of the cameras in the airport, even though I'd only taken <gasps> one picture no. of myself to send to my girlfriend. And I was like, I saw so many people in the same area taking selfies, taking pictures, etc. I was like, what, what made me stand out from the rest of them? And I mean, anyway, we, I'm sure we, we all have stories. We all have stories about how we've been racially profiled and treated, you know, differently or been um, looked at with suspicion before looked at with, you know, any sort of eyes that just sort of say, okay, I understand why you need to be here. Do you know what I mean? We all have stories. Um, and I was like, the problem is so huge um, that it starts with, in my opinion, 
educate educating people letting people know that this stuff is happening um because some people and a lot of people and the people to whom the people who can help to make a change are just oblivious and then nurturing those people towards doing something for the good of well for the good of everyone so that we can finally claim as so many people have um tried to claim that you know the first world the us you know um the uk are as accepting as we want to believe they are we've seen i mean to, to talk less of, like yesterday when we saw all of these um radicalist right um people you know marching down the streets of london to to enact all sorts of you know and we saw videos of them enacting violence against the police against other um, people of color i'm like I, I don't i i find what they did absolutely disgusting but in some ways i'm like it will wake people up to see that we are not a friend of mine put together a poem his name's aaron blair magna and he's he said you know brit ain't better he put together a poem on the topic brit ain't better and we look at the states and we see these killings of of you know young black men who are just trying to live and we go oh but that's a states issue it's a states issue we don't need to worry about that that of course you know you know the states it, is by and large in terms of some some of the states over there are just racist and we're like well no it, here it, it may not be as blatant as that but it's it's definitely there it's definitely there um and so yeah i'm you know i call upon anybody who is willing to have difficult conversations educate themselves and come to a place of understanding so that we can all you know mount this fight this this racist fight that has become subtle over time but subtle doesn't mean it's gone um and come out the other side as the accepting um, country that we claim to be, that we want to be, that we hope to be. I absolutely agree. I think education is absolutely key in this situation. And my take has been to be open and honest with the people that would like to talk, including people that are so close to me. Um, mm. And, you know, and it's white people and um, black people, mixed race people that have both sort of been crying and you know really emotional about what's going on at the moment i think you know we need to feel these feelings for sure yeah um white people need to feel shocked and ashamed i need to feel shocked and ashamed for my complicity in, in a sense so that it spurs me forward into wanting to do a bit more about going on because we have a place of privilege as it is as well you know we've i think for some of us in particular and i put myself in this bracket i think i've one of the reasons i might have centered myself over the past couple of years and changed from who you may have known in school in that respect is because I'm trying to fit into a world that I'm being asked to fit into and that is actually fundamentally changing my values as a human being and as a person um, because I don't want to stand out for what would be deemed as the wrong reasons so I think there's a that's the same for everybody um, for those who may have realized it before and for some people that are literally just finding out that some of these things are happening on a on a grand scale um, within the world so absolutely education is so so important yeah education and, and yeah it's exactly as you said the people who are open to because we all know that there are some people out there who just want to have an argument for argument's sake or who just want to have a fight for a fight's sake and th those people you know I, I i hope at some point they can come around to some sort of um openness to having um a conversation that may i hope they i hope they find peace with their demons basically is what i'm trying to say um but absolutely um, there are people who who do just want to find out about something because I've, I've had conversations with friends of mine recently um who have said about their their parents saying you know all lives matter because 
you know, it, it, you know, all lives do matter. And that's, that's why, you know, I want everybody to know that all lives matter. And it, it breaks my heart because these people um, believe that that's the way that the world works. Do you know what I mean? Like praising a, a, a society for something mm. that they haven't yet achieved. So by saying all lives matter in, in, in hope, I mean, no, by saying all lives matter as a statement, is is lovely but we don't get to say that yet it's that it's that it's that well we've we've had it until black lives matter we cannot say all lives matter um until black trans lives matter we cannot say all lives matter until like there are there are so there's so much injustice um and and it's not it's not just a third world issue um it's not just a second world issue it's 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 an everywhere every world our world issue um and we need to but by diluting the argument, by saying all lives matter, all we're doing is, yeah, perpetuating, um, perpetuating the problem. But uh, uh, the amount of conversations I've had to have with people, and I'm open to having those conversations because that the only way, because those people want to know, they want to understand, they want to listen. Um, they just, you know, they get hit with a statement that, that seems like it wants to, I don't, know, I don't know what they fear or I don't know if they want to say something that is, you know, more inclusive in their eyes but that's the whole thing it's that you know we as black lives want to be included we want to be treated and and shown that we are just as valuable and not looked at as a threat i mean i can t you know list so many occasions where i've had people walk across the street from me and not you know because i've been wearing a hoodie and a tracksuit and even then you go well why is that and uh it's it's such a massive it's such a, it's, it's an issue for like its own podcast <laughs> at this point <laughs> yeah um, no, but what, i but, agree but, yeah but what i would say is like just just being there are some people who are black people who are tired and they are tired of having this discussion and who are tired of having to explain to people how and why um this is still a conversation um and i understand that completely um and i you know i hope that those people who are who are tired of having to have that discussion and having to educate and having to nurture people can take a, a, a rest and can take a break and then can you know rejoin the fight when they can i really hope so um <clears throat> but for you know i'm i'm I, and i will be probably at that point but like you matt like you said i've i've been sat on my hands for far too long and i've you know invested in so many so many other energies that were not you know were, were just ways of me almost wasting my time i'm now i feel like now i'm fully awake and i'm f like reading up on all of the various you know all of all the various books that I can, any anything any information i can get my hand on hands on sorry hand um i'm trying to make mm. sure that i'm reading it digesting it so that then when i do have a discussion about it i can come from an informed point of view and then help to nurture people with an informed opinion that comes from not just my own experience as a black man, but from, you know, the history of, like, who knows how many people. Um, and that can inform my, my teaching of whoever it is who wants to have that conversation. Damn, girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. I mean, you can, we can literally, like, honestly, yeah, because this week has been like such a tough one for me personally i'll say that um especially at the beginning of the week because um i'm open i'm not tired at this point because i haven't really done what i would see as my work 
in helping the world move forward. So I'd post online about like, um, I, it's almost like a declaration to myself, but to others. And I'm not normally someone who expresses a huge amount on social media, to be fair, but it was like, I'd posted a little box that said like, I accept my responsibility in helping change, um, in helping influence the world because of that. I haven't done so. And, and as a small person in this world, I think that it's only going to be done by like collective, you know, it's, we've got powerful people, um, but everyone has power to a certain extent, whether it's within their own circles. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely one of the people that would like to stay open and, um, have those tears with others and, and really go through like these feelings. Cause yeah, it is yeah, hard exactly. work, but it's got to be done. It's the right work. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, so this month, June is pride week. And your character Lola that you played in Kinky Boots is a, I don't mind this word. I don't know how you feel about this word, but I, I, Ash, I don't believe you'd like it or not. I say queer. So I, I'm happy to say that anyone within the spectrum is a queer person. Um, but that's, mm. for different people have different tastes for it. But you played um, and you spoke about your partner, Rose, and we said beforehand that you identify as a straight person, um, heterosexual. So um, has that changed you as a person at all? Or have you learned something from playing this character? Um, one of the, for me, one of the absolute joys <clears throat> of playing a character like Lola, um, who interestingly, by the way, was not written as a gay character um, initially. So, so Lola, Lola's sexuality never really comes into question uh, within the show. Um, she it says in one of the character descriptions that Lola is a straight man, um, but it's never spoken about during the narrative. Um, du during the narrative, um, there was a character in the show who he actually, you know, who he um, is supposed to, who's supposed to be the person who he loves, who is a woman. So it was really interesting, like knowing different people's interpretations and a lot of people making the assumption that Lola is queer, um, but also at the same time, like that that by no means like whether Lola is queer or whether Lola is straight, the reason why it's never spoken about in the show um, is because the what, what it opened my eyes to is the treatment of wanting to live your life out loud in, in you know, in, <laughs> in six-inch stiletto heels, in dresses, in corsets, in, you know, in makeup. <laughs> oh my God, I learned so much about makeup. Um, in in these amazing, incredible wigs, because you know, seeing as as a straight man, right? As a as a straight man um, who has gone about his life wearing uh, Matt, you'll know this, you know, questionable um, outfits, but you know, typical um, teenage uh, black man, or you know, typical thirty-two-year-old black man, you know, um, whatever that is. Uh, but like, you know, I'm just wearing it's quite. I wear quite. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I will wear like jeans, a t-shirt, maybe a shirt, etc. Um, so I don't know what it feels like. I guess the, the approximation that I could make was like what it feels like to walk down the street in certain places, you know, around the globe that aren't as friendly to black people um, and be stared at. But to walk down the street in and, and to want to live your life in in that sort of, you know, that, that level, that degree of, you know, fabulousness and just going, you know what? I'm here and and this isn't for this isn't for you to you know for me to say for you to deal with it but like why what what is it about me that I that I can't live my life like this and so 
you know, seeing, seeing that, be, play, being able to play that character and, be, you know, putting on all of these clothes, which, which also like had a transformative effect on the way that I spoke and the way that I carried myself and having to embrace, you know, a more sort of feminine side of, um, or effeminate, I should say, um, side of my, um, of my being, you know, or, as, especially as an, uh, as a black man growing up in an African household, um, you know, oh, men don't do that, or men do this, or men don't do that, men do this, etc. All of these questions about sexuality and sexual identity came into play. Like, I'm sure, Matt, you probably remember from school, um, certain things were bandied about regarding, um, you know, oh, if you do that, you're gay, or if you do that, you're gay, or if you behave like this, you're gay. And oh, absolutely, came, yeah. Um, yeah it, it, and it's, as a gay man, like... Um, well, I didn't know back in school back then, and I think that I passed as like a straight person for sure, because mm. I couldn't even imagine like being sassy at school. Like I just it wouldn't even <laughs> it didn't even cross my mind that, that was a possibility to just have like to be like so fabulous in a way, you know? Because you're told at such a young age, especially back then. I don't know what it's like now for children to be mm. fair, but I have a feeling it might be somewhat similar that you can't be expressive expressive in every way, you know? And we remember. I don't know if you remember the you know, the few gay people that were very effeminate in school were definitely not treated well. No. Like, in no way, shape, or form. No, not at all. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so so to be, to now be in a, in a role um, where, again, like, because of the, the costumes, the glitter, the makeup, the glitz, the glam, um, assumptions are made about the character that are actually never quantified in the story, it was really interesting to, to, to be, to, to portray that role and to, to speak words that, like, again like i think that the way in which i approached it right was you know when i was younger there were a lot of things that i wanted to do and ways in which i wanted to be that either weren't how a black boy in north london in a secondary school would act or not how and you know again like i i love my parents to pieces and i this is no bad um, marker on them we need to remember the you know when where people and how people are brought up and how that then makes them you know behave or act etc but you know um there were, there were conversations because of my interest in art, my interest in media studies and my interest in, in things that were considered to be flamboyant. Um, there were questions as to my sexuality when I was growing up as well. And even, you know, when I then got onto shows and I would talk to people, but I keep my personal life private just as a general thing. And um, people would ask me questions. No, people wouldn't ask me questions. They would ask people close to me questions about my sexuality. And so I remember being on shows and people being like, but Kai, you're gay, right? And I'd be like, well, no, what, I, I don't know what would make you think that. Oh, well, you know, you're always well-dressed or, you know, you're well-spoken. Or, and I'd be like, what does, what does that actually even mean? So the way I approached it was like, you know, having had all of these questions about me my entire life, I just, I, I've just lived my life the way that I would live my life. And that, that strength that I found, the strength that I found in Lola was that, you know, she lives her life to the nth degree and having to every single day deal with certain people, like Don in the story um, treats Lola a certain way because of the way she chooses to dress. And I, the, the ire that that got in, you know, out of me, like I, 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 was, I was so personally angry, which I then tried to transfer, you know, through to the character and then tried to, you know, Lola breaks it down in a brilliant, fantastic way. And you know, solves the situation in an incredible way. And I was just like, the, the power that, the power that she has um, as a character and the, 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 the strength that she has to gear herself up with every single day 
I'm getting to experience that through a character, but there are people who have to who do this, who who have to do this every single day. And I mean, like it's it's hard enough <laughs> it's hard enough wearing that much makeup full stop, right? And then you go out and you know, you made such an effort in your appearance and it takes one <laughs> asshole to say one thing and it's not ever it's never just one asshole. I was like just looking at this character being like i'm i'm so blessed as a uh, as a, a man who um as a straight man to have experienced that role because yeah so d doing the role coming out of stage door every night to somebody who'd felt empowered by the role and who had felt like you know what i've seen watching you on stage i now feel like i can go and you know live my life out loud there was a boy in there was a boy in nottingham god bless him um, who had always wanted to wear dresses. Whenever he went to school, he wanted to wear dresses. Um, and he came to the show out of his house for the first time in a dress. And his mum came with him. And I saw him at stage door. And it, it like it, she, he said to me, you know, um, thank you so much for tonight. And then he couldn't really speak much more. But his mum was like, he's always wanted to wear dresses. And this is the first time he's come outdoors in a dress. But then we heard the following day that when he made his way back to his house um, on you know, public transport, he was treated <clears throat> a certain way by members of the general public. Um, and it was a negative way, not, um, obviously not pos positive. And I was like, my heart, my heart breaks. Like I, go to, I, I would go to work and be like, I, I, I'm doing this for you know, two and a half hours um, every night. And yes, it's <laughs> physically painful because those heels, six inch heels are no joke, but it really opened my eyes to um, the plight of the LGBTQ community in a way that I don't think I would have understood having not played that role, if that makes sense. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, sorry, Ash, go on. No, no, I was just agreeing. Yeah, it makes 100% sense. Uh, but I've, I mean, to go back a little bit in terms of, well, I think every person should do drag, right? I believe that every single person <laughs> in the world should do drag in some form or another because it literally does just change your body. You become a different person or not even a different person. I think that's probably a, a bit of a lie, although you had to play another person. It's almost like the person that you want to be comes out as mm. like most expressive form and your body changes, the way that you speak changes, you hold yourself. It's impossible to put on a corset, heels and makeup and a wig. Do you know the most important thing though, and you might think this, is the eyelashes, bitch. <laughs> the eyelashes change everything about what you're doing, in my opinion. That is what drag is. When you put an eyelash on, done. Job finished. Let's yeah. go. Um, but you learn so much about yourself and what you can do, which, you, you know, you can't repress anything when you're dressed the way that you are. It's impossible. You have to push, push harder. Um, I'm so jealous of your outfits there, man. That shit is killer. You were beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, my God. The, the dresses, like... There, there are so many people to thank for the dresses. Um, uh, uh, God, the, the, the dresses, the shoes, the everything. For me, right, uh, so Matt, you've just said it was the eyelashes. And absolutely, they make your your whole, like your whole look just goes from zero to 60. Um, or actually, no, it goes from like 35 to 60, let's be clear. <laughs> um, but with for me, as an actor anyway, for me, it was the heels. Oof. Because once you're in those heels, as painful as those are, you are lifted and you are pushed forward and that feeling of being elevated on your heels and like you know um 
literally like leaning forward all you can do is plow on like it, it made me feel so it made me feel so strong to be in those mm. shoes and be like you know no no bitches i'm here and i'm here mm-hmm. to absolutely tell you what's up like it was it was so i had said to my agent i really want to do a transformative piece and that role came along and i was like i could not have asked for a more incredible transformative piece and then equally going back from so lola is is glitz and glam she's this you know larger than life drag queen and um the scene there's a scene um i think it's just after sex is in the heel where you come off stage and you have all of that like your heels you take off your heels you take off the dress you take off that fabulous blue hat um and um that you have a, a layer of foundation put over your um, initial makeup um so you're in two layers of makeup at this point and you come back on stage in brogues a brown suit um with an orange shirt and a brown waistcoat um and it's at, at the point where um simon lola simon um he comes in and he tries to um fit in so he's come in to the to the to the factory so that he can work without anything getting caught in the machines etc um and he gets at, he gets laughed at for trying to look like a boy but there's something about going from you know the sex is in the heel and being so lifted and then having that taken off you and being back on flat ground in your brogues um on stage that is just like everything about the costume design and everything about the the shoes really aided and really helped my performance but that that feeling of being like i'm now being forced to wear something that i do not feel comfortable in and for me obviously brogues and a suit etc i'm used to that i really quite enjoy it but in that character i was like wow wow going from being from feeling this powerful to feeling this small it's it's no wonder that you know you would why would you want to live your life in anything else if you can feel that powerful in in those outfits that really make you feel feel like yourself do you know what i mean you come you come you come alive yeah i mean it's and i guess many people feel that in real life because then these are supposed to be like the clothes that like restrict you and bring you back down and now you need to fit into our space as opposed to just express who you are or who you want to be or a version of yourself um which many people, like you say, that's what a lot of people are fighting for, just yeah. just to be themselves. And I believe that if you're not hurting anyone, if why can't I just be who I want to be? You know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. If it's, if I'm not doing damage to anyone, or, or like, uh, I, I, I have a, it, it, it opened my, so go on. I, was gonna say, I have a, like a mantra, which I like live by, which is as long, like, I tell people to, do what makes you happy as long as you're not hurting somebody else or breaking the law. Just go for it. Yeah. And I think it's completely appropriate, you know, because, mm. I mean, I assumed that Lola was um, a queer character, but I'd, I'd say, I, I, you know, which is my bad for sure. Um, but also I think that if um, Lola is or isn't, definitely represents a group of people that whose voices aren't always heard in that respect. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, and I would say to you, Yoko, as well, that actually, like... Um, I think it's, a, for me, if I were to offer my opinion, is I think it's quite a strong thing to not go into or reject the idea that people would question your sexuality and say, well, you're gay, aren't you? You're not going out being like, oh, no, no, I'm definitely, I'm definitely straight. You know, like feeling this idea that you need to then Defend reassure it, yeah. everybody else's own insecurities um, about themselves or assumptions by then, you know, 
well, if people see you as straight, or they see you as straight. If they don't, do you know what? It's really not a problem. It's no skin off my back kind of situation. So I think that that's quite a strong um, and very confident way of behaving um, with these questions that will be coming to you, you know? It's just, yeah. Um, thank, thank you, I think. Um, I, I think it's... Um, I think when people ask you questions or they, they, they talk to you about something that is to do with you that they've not even asked you, like, they've not spoken to you about it, so they've not found out about you, but it, it reflects more so on their state of mind and maybe will cause them to ask themselves questions about why, what, like, one thing that I had when I was growing up, right, um, well, when I was growing up, when I went to St. Aloysius, um, I got there and, you know, I went to school in, to, to primary school in central London. And in central London, you know, I, well, I speak the way that I speak, basically. And so then I got to school and there was, um, I mean, in primary school, I was the only black kid in my class, um, apart from Deng and the Filipino kids. Um, and uh, Deng was from Kenya, I think his family was from Kenya. Um, and then I got to secondary school and the majority, like so many people in the class were black. And I was like, wow, like people who who had the same skin color as me in such abundance. And then I would speak to them and they'd be like, oh, yo, why do you talk like that? And I'd be like, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> and they'd, mm. they'd be like, you know, oh, you like, I've, I've struggled with the identity of like being like not black enough um, for part for for some of my um, of my life because you know I, I talk a certain way or I have certain sensibilities, etc. Um, and I think the the danger of like saying, okay, well, well, if if it's you know straight people are not well dressed, that's a generalization that you've made um, that that speaks more about your personality or black people can't be well spoken that's again a really really terrible um stereotype that speaks more about your personality and your acceptance of the world around you than it does about who i am in the middle of all of it so i mean you know as a teenager there was part of me that was just like i don't get it i am black so how could you say that um and as an adult I, you know i look back and i go well you know it it really it really was more of a reflection of and is more of a reflection on people's sensibilities. So I, I hope that people do question themselves. Mm. That's so mad that you question your blackness as well, because I'm, you know, your where you grew up literally was an epicenter of blackness, right? The house that you grew up in was literally a black house <laughs> in the middle. You know, it's an, an embassy for your country. Like it's literally that. But then you yeah. go to school and, um, and I've always questioned my own because I'm mixed race. I also speak well. Um, in, in comparison to the rest of my family, for example, or people would say that, and my mum isn't black, like, you know, she's not black. So it's quite interesting that you have, it's quite interesting that we have that sort of same connection, that respect really, because you're constantly questioned on a behavior, a cultural thing, when actually, if anyone, if anyone was black, in my opinion, it would be you 100%. <laughs> I've seen your family. I've seen your dad. You're so, he is black. Your dad is black. Okay. Like, oh God. Yeah. He's so scary. <laughs> so scary as well. Not because he's black, just because that bitch is scary. <laughs> Having to tell him that you were Lola, I have no idea how that conversation would have went, but it would have been like coming out, I'm sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like, again, like, I mean, coming from an African background, my, I remember telling my dad that I wanted to study drama at university, and that felt like coming, what I imagine would be like coming out. I was like, Dad, I want to study um, drama at university, and he said to me, <laughs> come with me, and I was like, oh my god, this is the day I die. Um, so then he took me to his office, and I was like, I don't feel any better, um, sat me down and was like, you okay? 
I just, I want to tell you how proud I am of you for making this decision. And I was like, that, whoa, what, how, what? Tears. I don't get it. Um, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, and it was because, and, and this really opened my eyes, right? He, he said, so my second eldest brother wanted to be a singer and my dad said to him absolutely not you will study law and you know or study you know subjects that make sense which is why my fear was doubled when i spoke to my dad about wanting to do um drama um but then he said to me in his office that day he was like i wanted to be a stand-up comic but when i grew up i grew up in rhodesia and people just you know black people were not stand-up comics uh, people you know your dad uh, wanted to be a stand-up comic yep yep oh my days he would have just stood there being like this is my job <laughs> like, <just> like <laughs> now you laugh and everyone's like ah, ah. <laughs> no i actually don't know your dad that way i'm sure he's really funny but i just oh he's such a brick wall he's, he's, yeah he's, he's so strict but like the more like so you remember him from way back matt he like he was so strict and i remember being terrified of him like you did not cross john Uche. like you did not cross him um and then yeah in recent years like when i go for drinks with him or when i take him to you know the, the shows that i work on etc he's just he he is that person who can go into a room and charm anybody to to you know have a good conversation with and he has people laughing constantly and i was like where was this side of you when i was messing around in school and i was like, oh it's because i was messing around in school that was it that was it that's why mm. he didn't um but yeah so he <laughs> he he wanted to he wanted to be um, a stand-up comic he wanted to go into the arts but because he couldn't um i think then there, there develops a, a fear that you know your children won't or your children won't succeed if they um try to do anything within the arts because you know you go by you 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 learn through your own experiences and then you teach a lot of the time through your own experiences and my dad's experience was this so i was like that's i, I completely understand his level of protection but yeah so then when i when i then took on um the role of lola i was like you know, I, I, I spoke to my mum in the kitchen. I was like, mum, I got the job. And she was like, which job? And I was like, I got Lola because we'd spoken about it before. She was like, oh my gosh, congratulations. And then I heard outside of the kitchen, congratulations for what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, here we, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dad, I got the role of, um, I got the role in Kinky Boots. And my dad said, which role? And I was like, the, the, um, the role of the uh, lead drag queen. And he was like, okay. And then he walked away and I was like, was that a good okay? Was it, was it a bad okay? I don't, I don't <laughs> know. Um, and then he came, to see, he came to see the show when we were in Oxford. And he came into my dressing room and my mum was looking at my clothes very much like she, you know, had another daughter. She was like, oh, you get these shoes and you get this dress and you get... Uh, <laughs> and I was like, yes, mum, those are mine. She's like, and you wear these? I was like, yes, mum, I wear those. Um, and my dad was just, again, silent the whole time. And then he watched the show and after the show he came over to me and he was like like thank you wow what a what a great show and i was like i like again not knowing how he was going to take it what he was gonna what he was gonna think because again you know we were raised in two completely different societies as much as you know my dad's known me my entire life he knew a, he knew a whole different world than i did and um I'm sure you, I don't know if you are aware, but like, you know, back in those days, gay rights in Zimbabwe, and I'm not too sure on the current situation, but they just, you know, it just, it's, it wasn't a thing that was spoken about. Um, and it was um, almost persecuted, I think, if I'm remembering um, correctly. Um, so, mm. I mean, like, you know, the, the idea, again, that his son was going to be a performer was hard enough. 
um, thinking that maybe, you know, this was my way of coming out to my dad um, as the show, as, you know, saying, Dad, come and see a show, and this is my way of coming out to you. You know, I, I didn't, but hey, I may well, may well could have. Um, it just made me think, this is, these are things that are so far from his sensibilities, and now this is opening up discussions that I can have with my dad. You know, if, if say, one of us, because, you know, we're a massive family, if one of us had come out as, as gay, it would have been... Uh, you know a huge topic of conversation because of my my family's um sensibilities coming from zimbabwe um but yeah yeah it was he was proud he was proud and my mum was like yes please <laughs> more dresses more more wigs that's amazing you have to be you could not be i mean just watch i never watched doing kinky beats but just watching it i mean if the joy this show is one of the best shows going like honestly oh. just the music's ridiculous so yeah you have to be proud and to achieve what you have, I would say, is amazing as well. Like, I'm definitely proud of you as a person, and I think that um, you have excelled exceptionally um, in your work. And I just hope that you continue to do so, to be fair. And lift us all, us, all up. Lift us all up, carry on the flag of Aloysius, and show us how it's done. <laughs> For sure. Thank you. And, you know, yeah, I, I mean, there, there are it's so good again talking to people from well people who i grew up with as well because you know you, you it's so interesting thinking you know once upon a time i was that kid with epilepsy who was told you know not even to i couldn't even watch you know films in the dark and now you know people like you know yourself who 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 lived through those years with me um seeing why you know what what i'm doing now in terms like i never thought that it would be possible and um i think that yeah there are a lot of people who may well make assumptions of me nowadays who knows but um yeah it's it's good to, it's been really good it's to talk to you about um these things amazing so thank you no thank you for coming on 100 percent. thank you for coming um, on yeah i think that's that's a wrap if that's cool is anything you want to mention <laughs> guys no no i just want to um thank you very much uh for coming on and telling your story that was great so insightful um i i think you know, I've I've loved theater for years, and um, just to hear the perspective from a straight black guy, like living in a in a world different to my own, it's always just good to be open and learn. I guess. Well, thank you for Thanks. listening. Thank you, thank you for allowing me to you know share these stories. Uh, you can. Yeah, no, it's been wicked. You can speak for days. Like, you can you can tell a story you can tell you can you work in the performance because you're like uh, uh, uh and i'm like i thought matt i thought we could talk but this this one takes it to another level oh damn literally but i went for the toilet halfway through <laughs> i've had a whole sunday i've had a whole sunday lunch and um yes yeah and no, it's it so good. weird because I really want to hear more. That it's actually bad because I really want to hear a lot more. But I guess you know we can only go on for so long. But mm-hmm. I was, um, I think every bit that you've spoken about, I've actually wanted to ask more questions or just go in a bit more. But you know what? We'll leave that for another day. And maybe we should just chat more often. Do you know what I mean? Actually, <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. Um, it's good that. Well, no. To be fair, it's good that we can still be friends after such a long time. I will say that because you know we all grow up within our lives, and um, I, I've taken a lot of something I've learned about recently, in particular in the last two weeks, I would even say, is how much I've taken for granted, in particular the relationships that I find are really, really important. And, you know, not to stay with you or anyone else, but it's about having those people in your lives that you want to, um, that add to your life, but also take 
those moments. I'll take this moment and be like, Do you know, what? I'm really glad that we've known each other for almost 20 years, really, when you think about it. Um, yeah. Wow. To be fair. So m- the majority of our lifetime. And obviously there's long periods where we don't talk, but I'm really happy that we can come together and it's as in my opinion, relax and easy as possible. Like I just asked you, do you mm-hmm. want to come on? You said like, listen, we're still friends. I'm down. Like, and it's just, it's good to know that I had, that you are there the same way that I would love to be there for you in the same way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. A hundred percent. Wicked. Um, so yeah, thank you very much, Ashley, for oh. sitting silent and quiet. <laughs> 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 are you there? I was like, hello. Hello. I was like, <laughs> still here, still here. No, I, I genuinely, I, I loved, I loved this recording. Um, Matt, you obviously did a great job uh, pulling focus onto you and um, <laughs> entertaining, <laughs> entertaining all the questions. And uh, obviously, thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to call you Yokai, but I know it's not, not your name. No, it's, um, it's, thank you very much. It's so weird, right? So, um, uh, this is still, is this still going to be part of the, the podcast? Yeah, <laughs> unless you want me to edit it out. Can be or can't be. Oh, yeah. But what, okay, so what's so, Depends what's so what weird say. is that um, obviously I, I meet a lot of people through theatre and I, you know, my my name in theatre is Kai and yeah. I shortened it because a lot of people had difficulty pronouncing my name. So I was like, you know what, let me just shorten it to Kai because then it will be, you know, easier for people to pronounce. And then I think it was like maybe two years into my career. I've been doing this for 10 years now. Two years into my career, I was like, man, I really miss the name Yokai. But I was like, but now all of my credits are under Kai and I can't, I can't really go back. And so when people call me Yokai um, or my dad, Yokai, um, I immediately feel either more at home or more like just more relaxed, um, which is, which is, it's a, it's a strange sort mm-hmm. of psychological thing that I've inflicted on myself. Um, but yeah, so it, yeah, it, by, by all means, call me whichever <laughs> you'd like. If you feel like calling me Yokai, by, like by all means, it's for me, it's neither here nor there. Oh God, I remember in primary school, I remember in school when you started, right, the trouble you had with people saying your name and teachers, and you'd be like, oh, okay. You okay? <laughs> you okay? <laughs> you are? Like, literally, like, I remember a choreographer um, saying to me um, in the middle of a session, going, while I was still going by Yokai, um, said to me, um, you yuaki Go and stand Uakie, and I was like, "How did you? Where? In what? Where? How did you get there? I don't understand." Um, and so I went then to correct her, and I said, "Oh, it's Yokai," and she doubled down. She went, "Uakie, go and stand on eight. And I was like, "Oh, oh wow, okay." What a bitch! <laughs> so I went and stood on eight. Let me and guess that she was white. white. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a wild assumption. <laughs> see this is why i asked if we're still on the air <laughs> yeah <laughs> um anyway anyway let's wrap it up let's wrap it up let's yeah, wrap it up. yeah 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 so um yoko have a lovely evening afternoon and the rest of the weekend thank you so much for coming on today thank you so much for having yep. me yep oh, very very welcome lovely... oh, so i keep talking over you today i'm so sorry that's all right any wonder i'm so quiet <laughs> and... <laughs> um no, thank you very much for coming on. Have a lovely evening. Have a lovely week. Um, this comes out on Thursday, so have a lovely weekend, listeners. Yeah. Bye, Ashley. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.